Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Newell's getting ready for tomorrow's big Fat Tuesday broadcast. I'm Dave Cohen filling in for him today. And our guest this hour is the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide, Arthur Hardy. Hey, Arthur. How are you, Dave? Well, you can see the finish line of the marathon, right? It's tomorrow, um, and we're getting there. Ready for, the, ready for the final 24 hours or so. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you're a busy man this time of year. Uh, and uh, Do you sleep all day on Ash Wednesday, or how does that work for you? <laughs> well, my wife and I go get ashes, uh, so that has to be filtered in the, uh, into the calendar there, but... Uh, not really. It, it, I'm still kind of on a high for a couple of days. I crashed by the weekend. Normally get sick, <laughs> running on adrenaline, you know, for, for weeks. But uh, but I enjoy it. I'm so blessed to be doing something I love, and it's it's been a, a good ride. And I'm not ready to get off the horse just yet. All right. Well, keep on galloping because we need you to get to the finish line uh, here on <laughs> WWL. And uh, we get a little extra parading today. Uh, interestingly enough, that uh, uh, one crew decided not to parade because of the threat of bad weather to yesterday, and they may get really gusty yep. winds tonight. So <laughs> we'll see. But uh, uh, let's start with the uh, celebrations going on. Right now in Kenner, we have uh, Argus and Zulu getting together in a big party over there in uh, Rivertown. Yeah, and that's really neat. That's something Aaron Broussard, when he was mayor, dumped up how many years ago that was. And it's really nice. You know, Metairie meets New Orleans. Um, it, it's just, a, a, I think, a wonderful new tradition. And I, I don't know how, well, I guess both Zulu and Rex have, excuse me, and Argus have such full schedules, but particularly Zulu, who has an all-day thing at the riverfront, then has to arrive at Lunda Grotter night to meet Rex. I mean, my goodness, you think the last thing they need is an engagement and get her, but it works, <laughs> and it's it, it's wonderful. Yeah, well, you know, he doesn't have to get off that cutter till 4.45 at the King True. Zulu stage <laughs> in Woldenburg Park, yeah. so there's a little buffer there, and then go on over to uh, Spanish Plaza uh, to meet Rex there uh, before Rex issues his proclamation and we have those fireworks. Uh, a really fun day. I, I've always felt like uh, while they get about 75 thousand people down at the Zulu celebration in Woldenburg Park and probably about 5,000 uh, over there in Spanish Plaza. I, I just feel like I, I wish more people could experience this, whether it's in Kenner uh, at the party there or in Woldenburg Park or at Spanish Plaza, because there's some really neat traditions that happen on Lundy Gras. Well, you're right, but I think a lot of people are saving up their energy, uh, you know, for t later tonight and, of course, all day tomorrow. And another issue always is parking. You know, how easy, well, Kenner's no problem, but parking down at Spanish Plaza 
uh, those of us who work in the media even have trouble. Well, you can find a spot, but can you park here illegally? And as you know, even if you're in a WWL vehicle, that doesn't mean they won't tell you. Oh, no, they don't you care. Really They'll take it you and tell you in a heartbeat uh, if you're illegally yeah. parked. We're lucky. We can walk. We're at Poitras and Magazine, so we can walk well, to exactly, the riverfront. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah. It's, it's a lovely event to cover, and, and uh, the crowd, I guess they could get more people in, but not a lot. I mean, it, it places really packed each year, but uh, you, you're right. I wish more people could see it. And there is some live TV coverage of it, but it's a carefully orchestrated event, and uh, – each year, it never gets old to me. It's, it's the same thing, and yet there's something special about it each time. You know, it's funny you say that because I love going to it every year. Yes, re- Rex reads essentially the same exact proclamation. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. yes, you get the same silly back and forth between the mayor and some city council members yep. about whether or not they're really going to you know, agree to let revelry rule both day and night and all the other things that Rex proclaims. Uh, but ultimately, you're going to have the countdown. You're going to have the fireworks. But I get goosebumps every time. No, I do, too. And who's going to be there tonight? I'm sure the mayor can't get back by tonight, so I wonder who's going to well, be the recipient of all the greetings. Last hour, we talked with uh, James Reese, the uh, executive vice yeah. president of Rex, and he said that City Hall was right. really working hard to get the mayor back in time. Uh, oh, that, really? Yeah, she's doing the handoff today from Las Vegas yeah. to New yeah. Orleans for the next yeah. Super Bowl, but they thought uh-huh. she might make it in time. So I guess we'll wow. have to wait and see. If not, someone will have to just stand in for her. Well, this is this is one trip I think you can give her a pass on. You know, there's been some controversy about her travel, but but not for this. She's representing our city there. I talked to Billy Nungasser, who was kind of bummed out. He said, you know, I want to be at Mardi Gras, but I really need to be in Vegas. So there he was. I don't know if you heard this, but he had put up a sign, um, something like the game may be in Vegas, but the fun is in New Orleans. And he told me, and I hope this wasn't off the record, that the NFL was not too happy about that <laughs> and might have wanted him to, to move it. And I think he may have told them where he, he could where they the could sign, stick the know? sign. Yeah. Huh? Well, I, I, I see both sides of it. Uh, we're having a lot of yeah. fun here for Mardi Gras, but I think the NFL believes that the uh, center of the universe during the Super Bowl week is in where whatever city the Super Bowl is in. Yeah, and- well, they can <laughs> think it, but <laughs> we know better. I am just so glad that next year uh, Fat Tuesday doesn't fall until March the 4th, is it? Yeah, it is. Well, that wasn't accidental. You know, we have not bid on several Super Bowls because of its uh, coinciding with, with Fat Tuesday. So that was well planned. And uh, But I'm glad, too. But we're going to it's going to be a bad year for tourism. There's no question about yes. it. And I'm glad to see the city's getting ready now for it. To have February 9th the Super Bowl and then immediately yep. after uh, really kick into high gear. I know that officially it'll start on January the 6th, uh, but to see yep. after February 9th Super Bowl, then the parading to commence and our build up to March the 4th on Fat Tuesday, uh, that's going to yep. just be so much excitement and so much fun here in the city uh, from Super Bowl oh, right good. into Mardi Gras celebrations. It's it's good. So we've got more than a year to get, get ready for it. And, um, I tell you, as, as hectic as this season has been, I think I'm going to need more than a year to get ready. This has been a good season. It really has. And, you know, the, we had the little hiccup with the Cleopatra float getting hung up on a tree the first Friday night, and then the rain issues the next day. But other than that, it's been a pretty calm and, and solid Mardi Gras, not record-setting. Um, I've talked to some policemen this morning. We're having breakfast at Betsy's on Canal Street, and the three officers are in there every morning. 
And I said, how's it going? It's remarkably well. No incidents. It's a very peaceful crowd. And I said, you know, why? Well, we, we, who knows? But typically when Mardi Gras is early, the spring break crowd's not here. And that normally means uh, less uh, less incidents. Yeah, it's an older, less raucous, uh, young crowd. And that does make a difference. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it does. It does. But it's... It's been, a, a, I think, a really good season so far, and just got to keep it going another 36 hours or so, and we're home free. Huh? <laughs> yeah, there were a couple incidents uh, with Toth and then Bacchus yesterday. Uh, power line came down uh, yep. near the end of Toth, and they had to get that hung back up. And then apparently a yep. rider on a Bacchus float fired one of those confetti cannons right into a transformer and knocked out power oh. to that entire neighborhood, and they had to stop the parade to change out the transformer. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know better than than doing that, but I guess I guess things happen. But if that's the worst thing that happens this whole season, we're okay. Huh? <laughs> I think you're right, uh, indeed. And we did have that uh, little hiccup with the uh, heavy rains rearranging things last weekend, uh, but this weekend pretty much avoided any major uh, weather issues until after parading. But we did see the one carnival parade in Metairie uh, move from last night to tonight, so uh, we got a little bonus parading tonight, huh? Yeah, it's been a long time since, I don't know if we've ever had a doubleheader on Monday night. You know, Monday night used to be, uh, well, Sunday and then Monday night belonged to Zeus, and they, they went out of business. And we had Pandora, which was a sister crew of Knicks that, that tried it for a, a couple of years on Monday night. And finally, last year, Centurions moved to Monday night, and that worked out well. But but a doubleheader, I don't think we've ever had, but thanks to the uh, proposed right out yesterday. I guess they could have paraded, but we didn't know that at the time. Uh, they will follow Centurion. So, and I know there are going to be people camped out for August for tomorrow anyway, so they get a, a bonus of two parades tonight. You know, I was talking with Newell actually this week, uh, and he's always been an advocate of reducing the number of parade days in Metairie and increasing the number of parades on a given day and having double or triple mm-hmm. headers because yep. because it's a long parade route in Metairie. And if it's just a single parade, often you don't see as large a crowds uh, because, well, you go out there and then the parade passes and then there's nothing behind it. That's one of the things that in the city you can make an entire night of it. There it's just, you know, you're there for an hour and then it's over. Well, I agree with him. And the crew of Symphony, which is a new, uh, primarily African-American crew, <clears throat> puts on a rather nice parade. First couple of parades, they were on the first Friday following the Scalera in, in Metairie. And there are always going to be more people who show up for two parades than one. Well, they didn't like the fact that they were finishing so late. So they asked the parish if they could parade alone on Thursday night, which, you know, is, a, is an imposition to the parish because you, you didn't plan to have police out there. But anyway, they said yes. And I'm told there was hardly anybody there. And uh, one reason is it's a single parade and a small parade. This, the other reason is you're going up against Babylon chaos and muses in the city. Yeah. So um, Newell's right. You know, if you have two or three parades, especially small parades, as they are in Metairie, it makes all the sense in the world to double up. And it also saves a whole lot of money. Yeah, I, talked, I talked to several people who went to the symphony parade, uh, and they said mm-hmm. that there were large gaps, blocks and blocks, where there was no one at all. The Severn Loop, yeah. there was nobody there. Uh, and yeah. it, and, I, and I think you're right. It's because it's one on the smaller side parade uh, that, yeah. you know, yeah, you're going to bring the whole family and the ladders and the chairs and everything out there. And yeah. then after an hour or less, the parade passes you. <clears throat> 
and then you know yeah. it's over. So. Yep, but um, but you know there's a lot of considerations. I mean, I know for years people have said Metairie can't compete with New Orleans on the weekend before Fat Tuesday, so let's put all of the parades in the first weekend. But the problem with that is some of those first weekend crews rent uh, or second weekend crews, I should say, rent their floats from a float provider, and those floats are already committed. So it's not so simple. Just move your parade up a week. I'll do that, but why am I going to get my floats? You know, so a lot goes into it. But um, And another solution has been if you want to improve the crowds in Metairie, put parades back on Metairie Road. Uh, the, you know, we do it for St. Patrick's Day. That's the, the St. Charles Avenue of Metairie, of, of, of Metairie. You know, you've got oak trees. It's a, it's a beautiful place to parade. Um, but I understand there's a lot of resistance to the neighborhood and some of the businesses there. But I bet you'd see a lot more people on Metairie Road than you do uh, on, on veterans. We're talking with Mardi Gras Guide publisher Arthur Hardy. Got some questions coming in on the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line at 504-260-1870. We'll ask Arthur some of those coming up. If you have any questions for him or comments or observations you want to share, you can call us now at 504-260-1870 or send your text to the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line at 504-260-1870. When we get back, we'll talk about are people throwing less this year? A lot of folks have been telling me they're not catching as much. We'll dig a little deeper into why that may be. Someone else says, are we not seeing as many A-list stars coming to Mardi Gras parades? What's up with that? We'll ask Arthur both those questions and more coming up next here on this Lundi Gras 2024. I'm Dave Cohen in for Newell Norman. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Rex, the king of carnival, comes back to New Orleans. Why, why do you say New Orleans in songs but nowhere else? Never understood that. But it's okay if you sing it, but you shouldn't say it. Um, Rex arrives at Spanish Plaza around 530, somewhere between 530 and 6. It's kind of a floating kind of no pun intended because it comes in on a boat, but it's never an exact time. But somewhere between 5.30 and 6, he'll arrive at Spanish Plaza, deliver his decree, and uh, there'll be fireworks over the river afterwards. Always a great event. Joining us this hour is Arthur Hardy, the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide. Arthur, someone texted us and says, please ask Arthur Hardy about why we don't see as many A-list stars riding in parades, particularly the Super Cruise. Uh, it's challenging to get people to commit to that long ride in any of the Super Crew parades, isn't it? 
Well, it is for several reasons. Um, it, it, the way the entertainment world works, it, it's hard for somebody to ink a contract six months, even six weeks out, guarantee they're going to be available. <clears throat> if they get a call for a concert or a star in a movie or something, uh, they're not going to be coming around in a parade. The other thing is, quite frankly, safety. You know, if you are an A-list celebrity and you just signed a $40 million contract, does your agent want you up on a float for five hours? A lot of things can happen up there. You know, you could fall. Somebody could throw something at you. You could be hurt. So it's a liability thing, too. Um, and these, these top-flight people just uh, they don't need it, for one thing, and don't understand how wonderful it is. But, but there is that safety issue that, uh, you know, it has to come into play. Let's figure it, face it. I mean, it's, it, it's, that's what it is. You know, I've always been, though, impressed by when we have seen some A-list stars do it, and then they go and tell their friends how great it was, that we oh, see yeah, their A-list yeah. friends coming, right? So we, it comes in spurts where we do have some really big celebrities, whether it's yeah. an Endemian, Bacchus, or Orpheus, uh, that ride, mm-hmm. but then it does seem there's a few years where it's hard to get anyone who's, you know, a current A-lister. And, and you know, none of these parades <clears throat> really need these people. I mean, Bacchus has to do it because that's how they were founded on the Celebrity King but even them, I mean, you really think if that float was empty, a thousand fewer people would come out of the parade. The celebrity <laughs> pass is going three minutes. I mean, seriously, you know, I'm not going to go see Endymion because somebody's not right. You know, come on. Uh, the parades really don't need it. It's icing on the cake. It's expensive. Some of these stars are very difficult. Well, take that back. <clears throat> My experience with a, pardon me, a lot of these people is that they're wonderful, but their agents and their handlers are the are very problematic to deal with. Yeah. And and uh but the stars normally are great and they have a great time, but you gotta get past the, the handlers. Right. And, and and we used to see many times the Endemian performers would ride in the parade and that's kind of changed yeah. over the years. I'd Sting did not ride and, and I don't think Flo Rider did, did they? No. Well there there too. You what if you fall, what if somebody throws something? Um you have to you know, save your vocal cords. If you're going to be singing, do you want to be out in a, a humid night where you might get wet? So there's a lot of reasons that you, you don't see them riding, and, and I think they're all legitimate ones. Talking with Arthur Hardy, the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide, several people have noted to me that they weren't catching as much, even at their favorite <laughs> parades this year. Uh, and this was prior to the Super Cruise. This was last week, last mm-hmm. weekend and mm-hmm. during the week. Uh, and so I asked a couple of riders about it, and I got pretty much the same answers, that the cost of throws has skyrocketed that they budget typically depending on what parade they're in and and, you know their personal status in terms of their their income between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars a year just to buy their throws and they said that fifteen hundred bucks when they get on their float this year wasn't nearly as many bags of throws as it was even a year ago or, or not even close to five years ago yeah and i think that's true but what's what's driven that is that Publics become very fickle. You know, they don't want plain beads, so stay on the ground. They want things that are expensive. They have a crew name on it or a signature throw, like a shrimp boot from Carlton, the Irish sunglasses, you know. I mean, of course, the music shoes, the coconut and all. And so people have just are, are more demanding in what they want. And I think the float, float riders are trying to uh, accommodate them, but if you have a thousand dollars to spend and the throw costs a nickel or costs four dollars, you buy the four dollar ones and you do the math. You know, you're gonna have fewer things to toss. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You know, we have so many things that are clogging up the drains. If, if it's not something you don't want to keep, why throw it?
You know, it's funny that we had that big debate and argument and discussion in the New Orleans City Council about Texas toilet paper. When you think yeah. about things that are flying off of the floats, uh, that seems to be the le- least impactful. I mean, beads, yeah, well, cups, kind of a, yeah. stuffed animals, yeah. all those things seem like they are far less biodegradable and far more likely to clog up a drain than some paper. No, you're right, David. And, and there is a movement towards more environmental, environmentally friendly and you know sustainable throws. And those crews that do that are to be applauded. But it's still only, it's a minority, you know, it's not a groundswell or anything, but, it, but it's a start. And the city's doing a really good job with this program called Recycle That, where they've got, uh, I haven't seen them, so I guess they're like dumpsters, but there's six places along the St. Charles route where you can come throw away the things you were going to leave on the ground, you know, and, and um, so they're recycling, uh, you know, aluminum cans, bottles, all kind of things. And again, it's a start. Uh, in a celebration that's built on excess, it's kind of hard to expect people to to act real responsibly. <laughs> you know, like don't throw your trash in the ground. But where do you want me to throw it? <laughs> it's, it's not like <laughs> there are garbage cans here. Um, and even if there were, they so would fill it, up it, so quickly. And and, and generally, well, the way people it. react is, well, the the cleanup crew is coming right behind the parade. Well, that's, and that's true too. And, and the city does a fabulous job of cleaning up. I mean, it's it's remarkable how quickly they do that and efficiently they do it. And uh, there's so many pieces to this whole Mardi Gras thing that most people don't even realize, which is take it for granted it's all going to happen. But uh, I think the city's to be applauded for the way it handles this. Yeah, I've told people many times that the streets are never cleaner in New Orleans than right after a parade. And it, it's counterintuitive, right. but yeah, because they bring by those huge crews with their rakes and their yeah. brooms and their uh, leaf blowers and their garbage trucks and their street sweepers and their sprayers and everything else, and they do a fantastic job in no time flat uh, of of really cleaning everything up. And it's cleaner than it is, say, on any given day in August or yeah. October. This is true, and, I, and I'm told it's never been safer than now in the walls. <laughs> All the extra extra police. Um, a friend who's a merchant on Royal Street said, you know, he has friends who tell him I'm afraid to come down to New Orleans any time of the year. And he said, well, if that's true, come now, because it's never been safer. We've never seen this amount of police presence. And, of course, a lot of the uh, state troopers that are here now are going to be staying, which is good. So um, I see a lot of folks walking up to police, our NLPD and, and the other external forces just saying, hey, man, thanks. You know, appreciate you being here. Because these outside groups have really helped save Mardi Gras. We couldn't do it with the undermanned police department alone. And, again, the city deserves a lot of credit for making this happen because that was not a done deal. I mean, last year it came together at the last minute, uh, but that wasn't guaranteed to happen again. Now, this year early on we knew crews were going to get their routes back. But, uh, you know, Endymion honored uh, new police chief and CAO uh, Gilbert Montano. Uh, as Grand Marshals, and Gilbert, and particular, the new chief just got here, but Gilbert's been there for several years, and no, nobody, a few people realize how much he had to do with helping get Mardi Gras uh, going last year with most crews having their full routes, and uh, New Orleans Civil Sheriff uh, Hudson also deserves a lot of credit for, for orchestrating and organizing 18 different police forces that are present on the street. And I don't think these folks have gotten the amount of credit uh, that they deserve for basically saving Mardi Gras. This was not a given. Um, and it happened. And, and now I think 
it's locked into place that every year this is going to be the model going forward, not just for Mardi Gras, certainly the Super Bowl, uh, Essence Festival, other things, other big events that we can't do it alone. But we can't not do it. <laughs> you know, we have to figure out a way, and we have figured out a way, and this is, this is a good thing. Yeah, with the smallest NOPD force in generations, <laughs> struggles yeah. to rebuild the ranks, uh, bringing in dozens and dozens of other agencies from around the state and around the region uh, to send law enforcement officers down here to help out really has been a huge, huge success. And you can see how excited as you're going along the route. You see a probation and parole officer. You see a Tangipaho Sheriff's deputy. You see a Jefferson Parish deputy. You see uh, Caddo Parish. You see wherever it is, uh, these folks from all over the place, they seem just so excited to be here and to be a part of it. Uh, So they love it. They're getting paid very well to be here to help out. Yes, they are. Uh, And it really has been a win-win-win all the way around. Yeah, and it's nice to see the public show some appreciation. it's not often that people say, hey, thanks, you know, and, and this is a cause to do it. And uh, it's it's a win-win, and we're lucky we have some leaders who are smart enough to figure this out because, you know, nobody has to do Mardi Gras. The city can cancel it, but the city can't make it happen. I mean, think about it. If, if crews decide, hey, we, we don't want to do this anymore, it's over. <laughs> you know, it's that simple. Um, and that right after Katrina, that was a big question. You know, can we do it? And maybe more importantly, should we do it? And we said, hell yeah, we're going to do it. And we took a lot of criticism criticism nationwide on how can you party with all this horrible world that you have to live in right now because of the broken levees. And the answer was because we choose to. We choose to celebrate rather than surrender. But the city didn't make that happen. The crews made that happen with the city's permission. The city could have said there'll be no parades in 06, but the city basically said, if you can pull it off, we'll be there to help. And that was one of the most wonderful and emotional carnivals ever that season when the city, six months after the train, here we are on the street. Now, we we limped onto the street. We were half-baked in a lot of ways, but we got out there, and uh, that that was a very historic carnival. Talking with Arthur Hardy, the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide, you touched on the fact, and I think it was politically uh, very astute of Endemion to have the police chief and the chief administrative officer for the city uh, yeah. honored and, and to ride to see what it's like. Because it's one exactly. thing to be standing on a street corner as a police officer or as a city official and watch a parade go by and not be able to get the full extent of it. But when you ride yeah. Yeah. from the beginning to yeah. the end of a parade and see the has to be close to a million people along that route. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you get a new and a different appreciation of how much these parades mean to people. Yeah, you're right. And I compare it to a, if you're on a corner, you've got a snapshot. If you're riding a parade, you've got the full movie. You know? And to see it all and how it, the dynamics with the crowd, you know, it's there's just so many wonderful things that happen in the street. But you're right. You, you, need, to, you need to ride. And to Endymion's credit, and of course it was politically smart to do. But educationally, it gives these people an opportunity they never would have had to see, ah, this is what it's all about, huh? And and to see the problems and, and challenges. And, uh, no, it was, it was a great move, and I think they had a terrific time. You know, when you think about the number of people that actually ride in a parade compared to the number of people who line the route, it's minuscule. It's tiny. Uh, even the largest crews are what, less than, you know, 4,000 people. And if there's a million yeah, yeah. people on the route— and then you add up yeah. all the crews together, it's still 
a very small number of people riding. Someone texted and asked about the cost of riding and how do you get to be a part of that. I'll ask Arthur to expound on that when we come back from this break here on WWL. How do you become a rider in a parade? How do you join a crew and how much does it cost? Those questions we'll dig a little deeper into. We mentioned the just the cost of the throws a little while ago, but there are other expenses associated with it. And I think a lot of people are surprised when they realize just how much people pay to throw all that stuff to a crowd and ride in a parade and that they're doing it not only out of the goodness of their heart and not only because they love to do it, but it costs them quite a bit of money. We'll find out how much coming up after this. And any other questions you have for Arthur Hardy, the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide at 504-260-1870 and the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 1245 on your Lundi Gras 2024. Fat Tuesday is tomorrow. All the buildup, all the hype, all the excitement. Finally, it's here. Rather early Mardi Gras this year. It's going to be late next year. Uh, into March. March the 4th is Fat Tuesday next year. Arthur Hardy publishes the Mardi Gras Guide. He's with us. He's running this marathon right alongside us, step for step. Every In fact, he's probably outrunning us. We're trying to keep up with him uh, here on WWL. Arthur, folks were asking, uh, you know, some people are complaining that they were catching less at parades this year. And I, I relayed the story that I heard from several riders who told me that it's just the cost has gone up for the throws. And you talked about how the public is demanding more expensive throws. So they spend the same money, they get fewer things, but they may be nicer. Talk more about, and people want to know more about, how do they, how do you become a rider and what does it cost you to ride in a parade? Well, good questions. First of all, it's changed so much now, and, and I've been on this bandwagon for a couple of years about, we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. There's, there's no celebration on the planet more all of those things than Mardi Gras. There's something for everybody. It doesn't mean everyone can belong to every group. Uh, some, if your grandfather wasn't in, you won't be in, and there's a waiting list. Others, and I'd say probably three-quarters of the parades now have websites, and you can find out on their websites how to join. Many are looking for members. So it's never, ever been easier to join. Now, that doesn't mean it's free. Uh, dues can, I mean, I know clubs that dues are $250. I know others that it's more than $2,500. Some include your costume and throws. Some don't. Uh, some require you to buy X amount of dollars of throws. Some don't. Every organization is different. But I, I don't know many people who could get away with under, you know, $2,500, you know, total package dues throws costume. Uh, I'm sure there are some, but I'm just saying, I think that's probably an, an average number. And 
and you know, David, this makes no sense as a business model. You know, when you think about it, why would you spend that amount of money to give gifts to strangers and you, to make you wear a mask so nobody knows who you are? You know, who, who does that? <laughs> I mean, really, it, it's it, counterintuitive. It, it's, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, come on. But we do it, and we, we you know, we enjoy playing Santa Claus. Uh, but it makes no economic sense. Um, for the people doing the, the recipients, you know, you get a, you get a free show and gifts to take home. You know, again, who does that? But it's it's what makes it so special. But it ain't cheap, right? And and, and people think and you, you think about that. You complaining that this person's not throwing you as much, but that person's spending between twenty five hundred and maybe five thousand yeah. dollars to ride in this yeah. parade. And then there are also the balls and the other yeah. uh, social events that you have to buy tickets to, yeah. even if you're a member of the crew. Uh, to participate in yep. throughout the year, and uh, but but I the vast majority of people I know who ride love it and would never yep. miss it for anything, even That's with the right. cost going up. It's just it's they yep. look so forward to it every year. It's it's a wonderful experience, and you know I as long as we've been doing the magazine, I hadn't ridden in a parade until about five years ago, and uh, it was everything I would thought it would be, but to see it firsthand, it's just a Tremendous feeling to to be spreading joy down the street, you know, and, and it's it's not hype. I mean, it's really, it's uh, it's emotional. It really is. I mean, you, you get caught up in it, and just to see the happy faces and it's the dynamics of the crowd. Then you you see people killing each other to get a pair of beads, and then they bend over and give it to your your grandson because he didn't catch anything, you know. And, and it's just uh, so many special moments along a parade route like that, and people offering you fried chicken, and <laughs> I mean it's. It's just a, a a fun time. What else can you say? Yeah, and and there are those. You may be passing a million people or half a million on your side of the parade route, uh, depending on which side of the float you're on. Uh, but it's the one-on-one connections that people talk about all yeah. the time. That when you oh, yeah. when you know when that person's holding up a sign that they want a particular throw. Yeah. And you yeah. give them that throw, the <laughs> smile on their face, and the connection you oh, have yeah. for that three seconds that you're passing by on that on that float, yeah. and you get to do that over and over and over throughout the route. I had an experience last year, and I, I almost didn't didn't throw to this person. In fact, I didn't throw to this person. You know, people hold signs throw me. It's my birthday. I'm from Mars or from Arizona, or Australia, or something. One guy has a sign. He says, "My last carnival." cancer and i said oh come on and i i, I looked at him and he says i'm just playing i'm just playing throw me something please you know, come on you know my I'm daughter you go <laughs> my daughter asked me yesterday uh of all the people she wrote on a float and she said she saw so many signs of people who said it's yeah. my birthday and she said yeah, how many right. do you think it really is <laughs> well i did the math though um you know mm-hmm. There's only 365 days of the year, or 366 with a leap year. Yeah, and yeah. if you have yeah, right. if you have a million people, that's 2,740 people whose birthday it is well, in every parade. Sure I thought about that. <laughs> now, a lot of them may be lying, and not and not everybody who has a birthday is holding up a sign that says it's my yeah. birthday. But yeah. uh, I, and then I thought, well, I guess yeah. I mean, there's a one in 366 chance that it is that person's it's- birthday. Well, and so any competitive advantage you can – I used to have friends who would go out in crutches, and they were fine, but they, they simply vote. You know, 
You know, you're on the crutches and you're running down the street. <laughs> yeah. Just bring the crutches to try and oh, catch whoa, more. No, see, now I'm all for making a sign or uh, yeah. like my, my, one of my kids once made a bucket for them that, you know, they hold up on a stick because, you know, they can get to practice yeah, their you aim. can't hit this, right? Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but I don't know about the fake crutches. That's going a little far. <laughs> Run <laughs> to, a wheelchair. Get your <laughs> to get some stuff you don't even want when you get home i mean you want it in the moment you know a long time ago um greg o'brien who was the chancellor at the university of new orleans told me that when he was gonna buy a house here and uh, he was talking to somebody in the architecture department so i don't know he said uh you know i understand we've got to i have to watch what neighborhoods are buying because of the water table at houses sink and this professor said it has nothing to do with it. It's all the throws in the attic that make houses. <laughs> I, I was convinced that the way I was going to die one day was when my attic collapsed and all the bags and bags and bags of throws yeah. came through and just crushed me to death. But I sold my house. I sold my house two years ago, and I swear we brought two hundred bags of throws out of the attic uh, after living there for and what twenty. What did you do with them? We sold yeah. them on Facebook. <laughs> Oh, good for you. Other writers bought them from us. So I was like, great. That's fabulous. Yeah, only in New Orleans. How many Uh, times do I say that each year? Yes. Yes, indeed. We're talking with Arthur Hardy, the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide. So, yeah, so I have a rule now. No more throws go in the attic at the new house. It's just not going to happen. So Good for you. Yeah, if the kids and grandkids want them, they better take them home because we ain't ain't putting them in the attic. Well, Last week, I was telling New, I still see things each year that aggravate me, including people bringing dogs to parades. I'm not talking about the Barkers Parade or some of the other ones, but don't bring your dog to a parade. The dog doesn't enjoy it. It's too loud. They're going to get stepped on, bite somebody. Somebody's going to trip on. You know, I don't know why people feel a need to bring a dog to a Mardi Gras parade. I guess it, they think it's going to get them more throws. See, we come full circle there. Uh, oh, what uh, a cute dog. Oh, I'll so. throw him something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> Talking with Arthur Hardy, the publisher of the Mardi Gras Guide. All right. Mobile or New Orleans, getting texts about that. Uh, we'll let Arthur I'm answer sorry. that question again coming up next here on WWL. All right, Arthur Hardy, before we let you go, answer the texts. And I only got 30 seconds, but I think you can do it in that amount of time. Where did it start, New Orleans or Mobile? You have to define starts. Uh, first Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans was in 1857, using MoMA's floats, themes, and cost excuse me, Mobile costumes, floats, and themes from their New Year's Eve parade. They didn't celebrate it on Fat Tuesday to laugh at Civil War. So uh, technically, we had it first, but it came from Mobile. So you can argue it either way. I think it's ours. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. We both have fun. It's all good. Yeah, they did it on New Year's Eve first. We did it on Fat Tuesday first. Thank you, Arthur. Have a great Lundy Gras and a great Mardi Gras. Thanks for joining us this hour. Thanks, Dave. All right. Scoot's up next. What you got coming up? Well, we, well, we did it. We did it right. Mardi Gras. We did it. We did it. I mean, they even if they did it first, we did it right. And who needs a moon pie anyway? <laughs> you know, seriously. Okay. So today we're going to talk about uh, Mardi Gras, the Super Bowl, Taylor Swift, Mardi Gras, Taylor Swift, the Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift. Oh, well, she's back, okay. Mardi Gras and Taylor Swift. Do you know how long Taylor Swift was on screen during the Super Bowl last night? Uh, Probably about a minute. 
55 seconds. Wow. Yeah, okay. Now, if you look at uh, all the people on social media complaining oh, wow. about how long she was on, now, it may have been 20 times, but it was only for a total <laughs> of 55 seconds. Yeah. Although I do believe that the kiss after the game, the kisses, the makeout session yeah. on the field lasted longer than 55 I seconds. I don't think there was any tongue or anything there. Oh, I don't know. They, it was like a big red commercial. I, I, you know, I missed it. I, I missed oh, it. you didn't I watch the post game? I missed the, I missed the kiss. Oh, Travis, and, and the cameras wouldn't stop showing them. Yeah, of course not. Travis and Taylor just kept kissing and kissing and kissing and kissing and kissing and kissing and kissing. All right, folks, have a great Lundy Gras, fantastic Mardi Gras. I'm Dave Cohen. I'll be back at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Scoots up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 